Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you're doing good. Um, today, we're going to do a special episode at Q&A. Um, I have some questions that listeners have submitted. We'll start out with our very first question here. Erica in California, she has a question regarding isolation. And by the way, guys, I'm getting a lot of feedback on the isolation episode, and it's been very encouraging. So thank you all. So she asks, in the isolation episode, you talked about our hearts needing to be ready to receive. What are some practical ways we can prepare our hearts? Ooh, great question. For me personally, I can tell you that because I'm someone that gets easily distracted and um, squirrel, you know, so (laughs) I have to get rid of all distractions. When you're trying to get into that place, that secret place, quiet time, no distractions with God, you really have to be super intentional. And for me, because I get easily distracted, I have to literally turn off my phone and I put it in the other room because even if it's in the same room and it's off, for some reason it calls me. I think the addiction to our phones is real and um, (laughs) it does call us. It's almost like the enemy's trying to distract us and, and Jesus is trying to woo us. You know, they're both trying to get our attention. We have to be very intentional to fight against all distractions because ultimately the enemy is trying to keep you from connecting with God, right? So anytime you sit down and all of a sudden you're flooded with thoughts, you know, I want to check my phone, I want to go online. There's so many things that are are tugging at our hearts. And so you really have to fight for it and be very intentional when it comes to having that time, because if not, then you will not be able to do it. Just like In our own nature, in our own flesh, we will not be able to just sit there and press into God if it hasn't become a habit yet. And so you really have to just remove any form of distraction. And for everybody, it might be different. I mean, you could be a mom with young children, so you might have to, you know, sit in the car with your Bible. You might have to go on an errand that you made up just so you can get out of the house. <laughs> I don't know what it is. For me personally, I know I have to turn off my phone and literally put it in the other room because it will call me even if it's not on, you know, like it's just calling me to pick it up. So I have to do that. The second thing that I do is I always start out every day with Thanksgiving. It's very important that we start out thanking God for who He is, not for what He's done for us, not for tangible things, but just for who He is, for His character. That prepares your heart. It gets your heart right. Uh, So I start out, for me personally, I mean, this I can just tell you the prayer that I have most days. So I just start out, and I just... Thank you, Jesus, for your love, your unconditional love, for your grace, for your mercies that are new every morning, for your faithfulness, for your protection, for your provision, for your peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for your hand on my life. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that you are all that I need. You know, you just continue to thank God for just who He is and His character. I mean, I always thank God for tangible things when He answers my prayers, and I usually do that in the moment. But when I sit down for this time, it's always thanking Him for His character that doesn't change. It's not for temporary things. And honestly, who He is is what He's done for me, right? I am who I am today because of His character. So I'm very grateful for who God is. People might come and go out of your life, circumstances change, seasons change, but God's character never changes. He is so faithful. He's so consistent. He's so reliable. And so I'm just very grateful that 
in every season in all of my life, he is so faithful. He never changes, but he's always changing us, right? And so I like to start out with Thanksgiving. It gets your attitude right. You you know, you start out with joy because of that. Um, you start out with a good attitude. And another thing, if you have any offense in your heart, the Bible says that if we have unforgiveness towards someone, then our prayers are blocked. So if there's any offense, any unforgiveness, even if it's someone from 10, 20 years ago you haven't talked to, if there's anything in your heart that is clogging up your heart or keeping your heart from being completely pure and right before God to repent, humbly repent of those things. I don't want to get into like the spirit of pride because really that will be a whole nother podcast, but I will just tell you that God turns his back. The Bible says he turns his back from pride. So there's a lot of sins that he mentions in the Bible, right? There's a lot of sins that we know about, but the one thing that I know that God hates is a haughty spirit. And he will humble someone that has pride, you know? So my, I just want my heart to be right in order to receive from God. And so I even, you know, it's not because I did something prideful and I feel convicted, but just in case, you know, every day I'm like, Lord, just purify my heart. I repent of any pride, any selfish motive, just any way in me that doesn't please you. And so I come to him with thanksgiving and then I repent for just anything. If I'm angry at someone, if someone has offended me, I choose to forgive them. I bless them. I get my heart right. So take a moment to sit and search your heart and allow God to speak to you. Start to repent of pride, even if you don't think you're prideful. If you do that, I think you'll be amazed on maybe what God reveals to us because I I think all of us can struggle with pride at different levels. So just to keep your heart humble is key. And the problem with pride, and I know from experience, is pride will keep you from even thinking you have pride. (laughs) You're prideful, so you don't think you have pride, right? But it keeps us from receiving what God has for us and from connecting to Him the way He wants to connect to us. And just, you know, even if you don't feel prideful, just ask Him, Lord, just humble my heart. And the third thing I do, which I do this throughout the day, is captivate my thoughts. And this is everything, friends, everything. 2 Corinthians 10.5, this is one of my life verses, but it talks about how we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the enemy uses our thoughts more than almost anything. Um, He will attack our mind, and it will keep us distracted. It will keep us festering on things that we shouldn't fester on. And so we need to captivate our thoughts so we can have a clear your mind. Captivating our thoughts gives us like a clear canvas so God can use his paintbrush and he can paint a beautiful masterpiece, right? Imagine sitting in a busy coffee shop where you're trying to study or listen to some audio and your mind just can't receive anything because of all the clutter and all the noise around you and all the distractions, right? Well, that's the same when we want to sit down and really receive from God. We have to remove distractions and part of that is our thought process. We have to clear our mind of any thoughts, and that doesn't mean that they're bad thoughts or negative thoughts, but just any thought that will keep us from hearing God's voice and receiving what He wants to say to us. So I start out removing all distractions. 
And there's power in the spoken word. So I verbally start thanking God for who He is, for His character. I get my heart right by repenting for any form of pride, any selfish motive, any unforgiveness, anything that's clogging my heart or would hinder me from that deep connection. Then I captivate my thoughts. I literally put my hands on my mind and I pray 2 Corinthians 10.5 over my mind. We have to get our heart, our mind, and our attitude right to prepare us to receive what the Holy Spirit has for us. Then I just start asking the Lord what He wants to speak to me that day. I open up my word. I worship. I just allow His Spirit to lead me. Remember, Jesus wants a friendship. You know, He wants a relationship. It's not a formula. Sometimes He just wants us to be still and to glean in His presence and just to reflect on His goodness without any action. So diving into his word, praying, worshiping, maybe journaling, whatever you feel led to do in that moment, God is really after our hearts. But once we get our hearts ready, then it's easier to hear from God. It's easier to connect and and experience who he really is and who he really wants to be in our life. You know, when I hear people say that they don't hear from God, and I, I really believe it's just because we're not listening, because he doesn't pick and choose who he speaks to. He speaks to everybody that's hungry for him and that wants to hear from him. But, you know, we have to crave him more than we crave things of this world, right? So Erica, I hope that answers your question. Those are some practical ways that we can prepare our hearts. Now we have Paige in North Carolina, and she has a question regarding purpose-driven friends. She asks, when a friend walks out of our life, how do we know it's something we did or God did? Okay, yes. Well, if it's not obvious, like you, you know, maybe said something hurtful or there was some type of offense, then God could be allowing it for your good. But a lot of times we take it personal when someone walks away, but it may be that it has nothing to do with you and it has to do with that person. So people are always changing. They're going through different things in their lives. They might not feel as connected to you. They might not feel like they want to invest in your friendship anymore. Whatever the reason, it might have nothing to do with you. It has to do with where they're at. But when that does happen, that's when you need to seek God and let Him reveal the reason. And even if He doesn't reveal it, it goes back to trusting God and everything He does in our life. You know, when we're surrendered to Him, then we trust Him and His decisions. And if that person was meant to be in our life, then they still would be in our life. Remember, it could be God's protection, not rejection, and He always has a greater purpose. And just like in every other area of our lives, when we feel rejection or loss, it's important that we get our hearts right and we ask God, how can we grow from this? What do you want to show me, God? What do you want to teach me in this situation? We need to be teachable and not hold resentment or bitterness because the enemy will use that to separate us from God. So we have to be very careful with our heart. We have to guard our heart and make sure that that any type of offense will not fester and take root. Just remember that God knows what he's up to and every single detail of your life is in his hands and nothing just happens to you to happen to you. You know, there's always a purpose. And the more that we trust him and we release our grip off of people, the more peace that we have in our life. So I just encourage us to not grip anything of this world too tight because if God allows it to get shaken up, it hurts a lot more because you're so tightly gripped, right? So just to hold everything loose in your hand. 
that's easier said than done, but it's definitely something that God wants us to do because he doesn't want us to idolize anything. He doesn't want us to grip anything. He doesn't want us to hold on to temporary things when it's really eternal things that matter. Going on to the next question, another isolation question. This is Jackie from Chicago. What would you say to the person who is avoiding isolation season? Woo! <laughs> and that, I think that's most of us, right? Nobody really wants to go into isolation. It sounds like a four-lettered word. You know, we hear from the church all the time that isolation is like a negative thing, but it's not actually. There's so much growth that happens in that season, in a wilderness season, in a season where it's just you and Jesus, Jesus plus nothing. You know, there's so much growth that happens. And really, there is no growth unless you step out of your comfort zone. I would say, why are you avoiding God wooing you? We wouldn't avoid alone time with a friend, right? So if anything, we should crave time with the lover of our souls. You know, the best love there is. Better than any other love. Better than any other thing. Better than anything the world has to offer. That should be a privilege. That should be very attractive. Because yes, it's uncomfortable. It's everything opposite of what the world tells us to do, right? The world tells us to connect, 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 never put our phone down, stay busy, move all the time, go here, there, make your life as full as possible, right? Direction is so much more important than speed because many people are going nowhere fast. But when you're in his presence, he gives you clarity and direction to make better use of our time. Direction is key. And God gives you that direction in isolation season, right? So would you rather stay busy and kind of waste your life? Or would you rather stop, pause, spend time with Jesus? And then when he sends you out, you're so purposeful and you're walking in your calling like never before because he's given you clear direction. I definitely don't think that we should avoid isolation season because even for me, being an extrovert, it was very hard to not connect to people on a daily basis and not be busy because I'm someone that just gets up and goes and I'm just, I can stay busy all day. So yes, it's very uncomfortable at first. Um, You're kind of going to fight against it. But once you get into that sweet spot, you don't ever want to leave. That's the truth. You just want to stay in this peaceful spot. And then when you hear people outside of that, that are always stressed and complaining about life, you realize like, wow, I have so much peace because I've just connected with Jesus and they're running around doing tasks all day long, right? And so it's not something to avoid. It's actually a time that you'll start to crave, but it really has to do with your heart. Like, is it something you really want? Do you really want Jesus more than anything? Do you want him to heal you in all your broken places to reveal things that he wants to change in you? You know, he wants to prune you. He wants to make you more like him, a reflection of him. So it's not always comfortable, but it's so necessary to become who he's called us to be. Just like you wouldn't avoid if you just met the perfect person and you wanted to spend time with them and next thing you know, 10 hours went by and you don't even know where the time flew. Why can't we be like that with the king of the universe, the only one that has died for us, the only one that will never leave or forsake us with unconditional love? He is greater to us than any person will ever be. You know, you think you know love, but you don't know love like Jesus' love, right? So once you really taste and you see for yourself, there's no task that's greater. 
And so I think it's all about where our heart posture is, right? Um, Those that have walked through isolation or the wilderness or, you know, any form of disconnecting from the norm will tell you when they come out that they are better people because of it. Nobody will ever come out of that time with Jesus and feel like they've wasted their life or wasted time. And remember, we're not supposed to stay isolated. It's only for a season. It's in that time that God prepares to launch us in our calling to be the difference and the light in the world. Okay, guys, I hope this helped answer some of your questions. I'm so excited for next week. Stay tuned. We're going to have another special guest. Let's end in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful listener, Lord God. And I just pray that you would just reveal yourself in a deeper way, a more meaningful way, an intimate way, Lord God, that you would soften our hearts and speak to our spirits. Pray that during this time, Lord, that we would press in and get to know you, Lord God, that we would crave time with you more than we crave the temporary things of this world, Lord God, but we would crave eternal things, Lord, lasting things. Pray that you would come and you would just stir hearts, you would stir minds. I break off all distractions, any strongholds, any bondages, anything that is keeping us from being who we are called to be in you, Lord God. I just pray that you would break those things off of us, Lord God, any mindsets, any dwelling in the past or any um, sin that's hindering us, Lord God, that we would just come to you with clean hearts, Lord God, and that you would speak to us in such a great way that we would never be the same, Lord God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can subscribe at leahmariecarson.com. Instagram is at the lens of faith. Remember, life becomes clearer when we focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.